Facebook Live peeps. So good to be with you guys. So good to be with you guys today. Yeah, so welcome to another uh, installation of Lunch Hour with Renault. Um, we are quite a few weeks in now to yeah, no kidding. the world that we are now getting used to as a bit of a, a new normal. Um, yeah, and an odd new normal because the new normal isn't here to stay. Right. So it's not like we're like, okay, we're getting used to this new. We're like, we're getting too used to this new. We want to not get used to this new, but it is long enough that we need to get used to it. Just, yeah, super odd world. Yeah, for right. sure, for sure. So we're going we're gonna to take a little bit of time today and uh, just walk through um, a bit of the kind of the impact of uh, what COVID-19 has um, unleashed on our culture, um, unleashed on our community, un unleashed in our personal lives and, uh, and just walk through a little bit of that together. Yeah, you know, uh, it's been interesting to me because, as you all know, the news is kind of shifting uh, constantly. We're, we're constantly trying to figure out what the next move is. And so what happens is there's these lag times where there's no news about a particular specific issue, and then there's news about it, and it all changes, and then there's a lag time. So, for example, you know, when does everything reopen or when does it not? Uh, when it came to schools, for example, you know, you, you're, the schools are, are they closed the whole semester? Are they only closed part of it? Are they going back? Are they not? Then you're waiting, 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 and then the news comes out and you're like, oh, new normal, let's all readjust. And so you feel like you're constantly readjusting. So that's exactly what happened uh, just recently this last uh, week. The news came out uh, in central Florida and in Florida across the board that the decision was made that schools would not be returning for this semester. So we were all those of us that have school-age children waiting for that news. Is Do they go back? Don't they go back? Um, and, and then that news hit, and you're like, oh, they're not going back. Right, right. And so as soon as that kind of news hits, there is this immediate sort of sense of um, some people, oh, good, we can keep sleeping in the morning. Uh, but then there's also a lot of sort of loss attached to that. Of course, uh, yeah. For, for the family unit to kind of go, oh, this new rhythm I've had to get used to where maybe uh, you're working from home and your kids are home all the time and you're trying to do homeschooling and working from home and now you're like, gosh, now, now we're going to have to do that all, all the, the way, way through, through the, the end of the year. Because, yeah. because so it's not hard. just the end of the year, it's the summer. Totally. You bump up against summer, so now totally. you're like, we are in this through the summer. Right. For the kids, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a loss of friends. Um, it's a loss of sport teams that they were part of. Yeah. So in my home, I've kind of seen the gamut. I've got uh, one of my boys, uh, Mahari, who um, is probably at the peak of his running in terms of where he's ever been. Yeah. Uh, he's got his mile down to like 431. Wow. Which in terms of state was... Uh, but with guaranteed state level for sure for his running, and and he can't compete in yeah. anything. So he's he's at his very best, and oh, oh well, enjoy running in front of the house, you know. Right. Um, and then uh, I've got Cullen, who is a senior this year. So oh, you kind of forget that um, the senior closing semester is prom, it's senior pictures, it's graduation, it's. All these different events, their, their, uh, their senior cruise that they were going to go on for the school, Mike, yep. uh, Collins part of was canceled because wow. that was the beginning of the coronavirus stuff. Wow. But now, forget the cruise canceled. No proms, no graduations, no nothing. But bigger than that is 
your friends that you didn't say goodbye to that Friday that was the last day of school before they closed school the Monday that you're like, you're not going to see them again. Now, your small group of friends that you're still on sure, social media sure. with, but think about being a senior in high school and you've got your immediate friends, but then you've got this group of people that you kind of interact with that are acquaintances and friends. You probably will never talk to them again. It's so anticlimactic. So anticlimactic. Such, such a letdown. Like, what? Yeah. And you haven't even processed through these things. You right, know? right. Um, so the college students had to process through all of that before they, most of them left their campuses because they heard and they're like, you got to go home. So there was this sort of week of goodbyes and I'm a senior and I don't... And, and I watched several of my daughter's friends, who's a junior in college, grieve that senior year lost of college. Now I'm suddenly realizing my, my son is, is grieving that. And then I've got my 13-year-old middle schooler who's just like, my friends, I want to be with my friends, you know. And it's like, ah, I hear you, buddy, but we're, we're home now with your family. Like, <laughs> Good for you. Yay! Yeah, yeah. So um, just a, a tremendous amount of things lost. And then... As we approach summer now, so, so now we're getting close enough to summer where there's big question marks. So we have, we have a, a trip planned this summer to take our kids, all eight of them, back to Ethiopia. Uh, some back to Ethiopia, some for the first time. Uh, we've been planning this for a year and a half because it takes a lot to save up for that and all that. So, I mean, you can imagine our children, especially our children who were born and raised in Ethiopia, mm. seeing their some of their biological family members for the first time in eight mm. years, and mm. really big deal, mm -hmm. really big yeah. deal, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and we are having to have conversations just saying, might not happen, like not yet not happen, but might not. We have a, um, a week that we take at Kanaka Camps in Branson, Missouri. I yeah. speak for family camp there, and so we have the privilege of taking our kids with us for that. We have several friends that go to Mosaic that are going to that Kennecook week that have reached out and said, have you heard anything? Is that week still happening? It's in July. And as I've reached out to them, they're like, haven't made the decision not to yet. We'll get back to you soon. But that might come off the calendar. Student ministries, Mosaic Church summer camp. My kids have been asking for a month. Are they going to cancel it? Are they going to cancel it? Oh, I hope they don't cancel it. And then we just heard this week, sorry, that's, that's off the table. Wise decision, important decision. But man, their summer camp gone. For summer camp, Brooke and I, it's about the time of our anniversary. We were planning our anniversary trip the same week as summer camp because all our kids are in summer camp. Right. So we're like, it's a kid-free week, easy week to kind of plan. That just came off the table when summer camp came off the table. And that was perhaps off the table anyway. So, so as I'm talking through this, I, I realize there's just a tremendous amount of loss um, and when we use that word loss, we typically use it in the context of losing a loved one. So maybe a, a, a loved one person or maybe like a pet that you had, something that was alive and you had relationship with in some form and then you lose them. Sure. And then we experience loss and then out of loss comes grief and then the journey through grief and how you deal with that. And when we talk about loss in that context... Uh, in the shepherding years that I've been a part of, uh, I've come to understand uh, that loss affects grief, and grief has a very particular sequence that it takes. And if you don't understand that sequence and walk through grief properly and in a healthy way, then one of two things happens. Either you bury grief and it comes back later to haunt you, or grief buries you.
Those are the two options. But a healthy journey through grief, understanding loss, helps you neither bury grief nor grief bury you, but to work through it. So mm. as I was processing this, I realized, you know, we have to redefine uh, where grief is going to find itself into our lives because we have to re not redefine loss. We have to be reminded that loss is not just the loss of a loved one or a pet. Yeah, you got to broaden that, that and recognize that these, these things that we're walking through are actually loss. They're, right? they're actually loss. And, yeah. and here's the irony. It's not that we have to recategorize it because it was never that way. It was always that way. We just don't think of it that way. So listen to this. Um, I, I, I love this. Uh, there's a, a lot online about grief that you can Google, but uh, here's, here's one site that's always been helpful for me in terms of articulating things well. Here's what they say. Grief is a natural response to loss. Mm. There's the definition of grief. Grief is the natural response to loss. And then here's the list they give and they say this is not exhaustive. Loss can cause grief in the following scenarios. Relationship breakup, loss of health, losing a job, loss of financial stability, a miscarriage, retirement, death of a pet, loss of a cherished dream, hmm. a loved one's serious illness, loss of a friendship, loss of safety after a trauma, the selling of a family home hmm. and then the loss of a loved one, right? So Yeah, and when you think about like what we're dealing with in our culture, I mean your family is is obviously it's a microcosm, right? And and there's uh, there's loss that's happening on so many different fronts. And that list that you just read, the coronavirus affects and touches most of that. It it really does. Most of that. I mean, for many of us, the perceived safety in which we lived, we've now lost that perceived safety and like, huh. Are we ever safe? So the loss of safety after sure. trauma, yeah. even categories like that, that you typically categorize in major individual trauma situations, it really has had impact. And so what, what we realized, what I'm realizing as a, as a dad, as a husband, as a, as a pastor, as a friend, is that what we are dealing with now as we enter into schools being closed for the whole semester, summer vacations, called off the calendar potentially, uh, dreams lost, hopes lost, proms lost, that loss is going to become a very, very big part of our story yeah. as a people group. Yeah. And we are going to not understand that and ignore loss so that when we have these emotional experiences that we would typically call grief, because we don't think we're grieving, because we don't think that this There's, is real loss. That loss is real, right? We are not going to walk through this as we would with loss and grief. Mm. So then it's going to bury us or we're going to bury it. So what we'd rather do is say, okay, let's acknowledge that we are experiencing a bunch of loss. Nothing so, wrong with so that. So let's talk about that. So in your, in your family experience, you unpack that a little bit. But what are some of the things that you're hearing as you're um, you know, connecting with people at Mosaic, and um, you know, know that is going on in our culture that that we need to identify and name as loss that's related to yeah. and connected to the the yeah. COVID nineteen. So, yeah. um, so there is there is loss of jobs. Oh yeah, for sure. Loss of income with that. Loss of financial stability. So even people that haven't lost their job with the um, uh, markets yeah. doing what they've done. Lots of people are wondering what their financial stability in the future is, um, wondering what the entire economic financial stability is for our generation. 
So there is an anxiety and loss to that. Uh, there is a loss to relationships. Now, not the kind of loss that is permanent, perhaps, but or a, total. Or, it's or not total, necessarily a total loss, but, there is but a, a loss of loss of relationships. So yeah. we have to understand that at least for the next few weeks or months, we have to we have to anticipate that some of the emotional experiences we're going to have are actually grief in process because of loss of relationship that we didn't lose because the relationship's broken, but because we are under quarantine. So Right. Yeah, and maybe for those of you who are listening in and watching, um, it'd be a great thing for you to process through how this is affecting you and and, and maybe even share that in the comments. Like, where are some areas that yeah, you're recognizing that you're loss recognizing. already and, and, and the fear of potential loss? And that'd yeah. be great to share. So. And I think more and more now in the people I'm talking to, the anticipation of lost trips, lost vacations, lost special moments. Uh, here's a really big one I'm hearing a ton about. You're seeing it on social media. Um, I am doing a wedding oh, uh, May 30th. Oh, man. Uh, the wedding was planned for 100, 150, 200 people. I don't know. Yeah. It's now going to be 12 people. Mm -hmm. It's the two immediate families, the couple getting married and me. Yeah. And uh, they are having to recalibrate what all of that means totally. from a ceremony. There is no reception. Yeah. There is no after celebration. That'll have to happen sometime in the future. Oh, yeah. I have three friends uh, that have lost loved ones, not by the coronavirus. In but fact, during one, this time, yeah, my, one my, right my, before it started. Yep. And then two during this time. Yeah. My sister's mother-in-law just passed it's away. It's insane. And, you can't. Yeah. You can't gather up to grieve that loss. Can't you do, do funerals. Online. Yeah. Oh yeah. Zo um, zooming in for a I funeral. Have, like what I is that? One, yeah. One dear friend who, who lost her husband, and um, mm. we were going to do his life celebration. That was right that week that Corona started. Yeah. They started saying no more gatherings over fifty. Uh, so we we pushed pause on that. Now it's been months. And, and, and you think about coming back to that in a few months. So like, right. how, do you even, how do you even regroup on that? So right. birthdays, you know how many birthdays I'm watching? Like oh. birthday parties canceled. Totally. Birthdays alone, drive-by birthdays. You know, like you drive by and honk, honk. And, and balloons. Yeah. Hi. Like it's weird, it's weird. man. Yeah. And so all these things, um, yeah, a year or two or three from now when we look back at pictures, we might laugh about it. We might say, oh my gosh, it's kind of a neat memory now, mm. but it's not neat now. Mm. Like it may be okay then, but it's not okay sure. now. Sure, and I th yeah, I think that depending on the level of impact and the, the level of loss, certainly we can come back from some of it, but some of it is going to be lifelong trauma that we have to kind of walk through, right, and deal with. And yeah. so, you know, losing a vacation, yes, there's loss in memory, Losing a loved one and not being able to properly celebrate their life yep. is a completely different yep. level. Losing your wedding day, you know, yeah. and That's and a, losing jobs yeah. and losing finances in all of that. Like, yeah, like in our cultural context, a wedding day, or a graduation from high school or college, or a prom. I mean, these are things that are so embedded in the way of life of our culture. Right or wrong is an irrelevancy. That yeah. when you lose them, you don't get them back in the way that you would like and so and I, th I think we we run the risk as followers of jesus um i think we run the risk of telling ourselves that somehow when we grieve these practical things like birthday parties or vacations or things like that that it's like man i really should be okay with this god is sovereign so i should just be like okay with his plan or yeah. all of those types of 
things that we tell ourselves that sometimes uh, actually lead us down the, the wrong road and, and, That's and, right. and cause us not to grieve and lament in the ways that we should. That's right. and, and at the end of the day, this is where this all gets to. If you grieve properly, in other words, in, an, in a healthy way, yeah. then grief was given to us by God as the natural means by which we travel through loss. Yeah, he, he wired us. In wired us way. to grieve. Yeah. Grief, yeah. Is he- grief is healthy yeah. if it is done properly. So what we end up doing is if we either minimize the loss or ignore the loss, we say it's not loss because loss is this, but this is not it. Or we minimize it. Well, I shouldn't feel bad about this. Well, great. Maybe you shouldn't. The question is, do you? Mm-hmm. And if you do, instead of saying, I shouldn't, then I bury it. Right. I should say, I do. So now I just need to recognize, here's how I walk, walk through the emotional experience that will come with loss. In other words, what we're saying is this. If there is loss of something important to you, you're going to experience some level of grief. That is the natural consequence of or process of loss. So instead of pretending the loss isn't a big deal, let's just acknowledge that it is loss, whether big or small, and then have a plan to anticipate the emotions that will come with that and to walk through them. So listen to this. Mm. I have this, again, just the things I've learned over the years from uh, really well-studied people that have done this a lot. And before you launch yes. into this, because I know you're about to get into some of yes. some of that, that specifics. Yep. specifics. So just some things that people are sharing mm-hmm. for you to have that context. So um, Chelsea Johnson, she's saying a loss of human connection in proximity yeah. is what she's feeling. Um, Mark Villanueva, hey Mark, uh, hope you're doing well, man. Uh, loss of human interaction. Uh, he says I miss hugs. Uh, Donna Thorell, um, you know, they've been adopting yeah. uh, for quite some time, so they've been in those, this process. She says, we are losing the adoption experience, um, yeah, yeah. having coming, come to the end of it. So she says, having to make it private at home with a video conference, it's anticlimactic and sad not to finally celebrate it after three years, yeah, yeah. Um, which that's a huge so deal for sure. Yeah. Um, Bessie Gallette says, uh, connecting with people, which puts you in, uh, in sort of isolation, uh, especially while living alone. It's a very lonely experience. And yeah. Yeah. Bessie, our heart goes out to you in that. I totally uh, hear that grief for sure. Um, uh, Yara says, I even feel bad for feeling bad, yeah. which we, we've talked about that. Or we're, ta- we're talking about that right now. So Yara, I'm glad you're with us today. Yeah. And uh, Brenda Hicks says, my daughter is adopting a sibling group from Columbia and travel is up in the air right now. And we have dear friends, um, Danny and Allie, who are in the process of adopting that have had a major, major difficulty of, of that process because of the country that they're in and, and where, where, where so things crazy. are at right now. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's real. So thank you guys so, for so, sharing that. So here, in view of all of that, um, here are some things that they, they always say are myths of the grieving process. The pain will go away faster if I ignore it. Wow, that's a huge uh, myth, right? If I just, and so ignore it, let's, let's take the word ignore it and say minimize it, um, I feel shame that I feel anything about it, all of this. So not that's igno- the barrier, yeah, right. Not yeah. ignoring loss is important, and it's an important thing to, to recognize. It's important to be strong in the faith, face of loss. That's a myth. Actually, loss produces grief, which produces emotions, which we then as Westerners run from because they feel weak. They are not weak. But, but they what are does, natural. Right, and but what does Paul say? But when I am weak, yep. his power it, is made perfect. So, yeah. And what we do yeah. as Christians with that is 
when I am weak, I need to act strong because God is strong. Mm. I'm like, no. It's not what it you is. You need yeah. to acknowledge the weakness and, mm. and live in it. It's good. Um, then this one, if you don't cry, it means you aren't sorry about the loss. Or if you don't cry, it means you're strong. Both are not true. In other words, again, us expressing sadness or grief over loss of even something like a vacation, there is something about that just saying, I'm not saying by being really sad or even crying about it, I'm not saying that a vacation is a life-altering important thing. I'm saying I'm bummed that I'm not going on it. Right. Like, right. it's okay to say that makes me really sad. I want, I'm not going to have no, don't you know that Jesus is enough? Jesus is enough. <laughs> Which he is, 100%. <laughs> he but is. We, I, I always tell people this. Don't use Jesus like pixie dust yeah. to bury important things that he actually allows us to go and be redemptive in instead right. of just bearing. And it's okay to acknowledge on the one hand, Jesus truly is enough. On the other hand, it stinks that I can't go on this vacation, yes. you know? Yes. So yeah, for sure. Moving on with your life means forgetting about your loss. Hmm. That's a myth. It, hmm. it, yeah, you, you don't have to do it. A lot of people get stuck in that space. So hmm. there's other myths as well, but the bottom line is that whenever it comes to loss and grief, here's where the starting point is. Acknowledge that there is loss yeah. and acknowledge, therefore, that the natural process of dealing with loss is grief, which includes emotion, an emotional journey. And as soon as you can acknowledge that, you're like, okay, now I've got something to work with. Yeah, you give yourself permission to walk That's through right. it. And yeah. permission to walk through others with you. So in your homes, if you have a student or you uh, have a spouse or you have someone that is experiencing loss, and what we typically also do is we look at their loss and then we try to explain it away for them. I, I understand that it's sad, but you know what? It's not that important in the scheme of things. Like sure. I'm, a, I, I'm an Enneagram but, Seven. So pain is silver so, lining. And I mean, this is what I do, man. Yeah. I, I do this in my sleep. Yeah. Like give me something painful and I will work it out of the system in two flat seconds totally. with a silver lining and, and a few little uh, verses. And so yeah. I'm having to recognize both as a pastor, a dad, and a, and a husband and a friend, um, don't create spaces where we pretend that our uh, loss isn't loss because it's not super important. Rather, acknowledge the pain of loss and then begin to walk into that. So, um, yeah. the question then becomes, what should we expect if we, if we know there's some loss involved now and we know that therefore the natural part of that is gonna be grief, what are some things we should expect we're going to experience in the grieving journey. Now, the, the five grieving um, the stages, stages mm -hmm. these are like, this is not one website. Th this is kind of psychology 101, yeah. basic stuff. Any grief counselor you go to, these are the five stages. And they didn't come up with this by like some, like somebody sitting down and writing a book. They've watched millions and millions of people grieve. And right. this is what happens almost every time across the board. Now, mm. I say that to say two things. One. Not all stages will be yours. It just means that generally these five stages should be anticipated. Number two, the level of loss obviously ampl amplifies both the level of the stages and the fact that all five will be present. Yeah, for when sure. When you lose a loved one, 
I guarantee you all, all five, five of these stages are going to be present right. and they're all going to feel big. Right. When you when you lose a vacation, you might be able to skip the anger part. That's or right. Whatever. You may right. never have anger toward right. that, but you'll have some depression or whatever. You know, depression mm. is, a, is a big word. But yeah. So here are the five stages of grief that we should anticipate. The first one, denial. Okay. So that's, mm. so now, again, this is a great example of like, I, uh, my vacation was canceled. Uh, it was not canceled. I, I, I take it. No, that's not what we're talking about with denial. Exactly. Right. In fact, a form of denial is minimizing the loss, right? Totally. So when I say it won't be that, bad. it's not a big deal, right. but it feels like a big deal to me. And I'm right. trying to pretend to be strong. That's that denial. is a form of denial. I'm so saying you're not, de you're not denying the fact that it happened. You're denying the feelings that come right. along with that. The it fact. was lost. Right. Yeah. That's and good. that it's okay to be lost. Hmm. So we need to give each other lots of room yeah. in these new de declarations of news, lots of room to say, I know this is hard. How is this affecting the way you feel? And Ooh, that's for good. some of our teenagers and our children, um, I think it's important too to recognize that they are gonna naturally go straight into denial of what they're feeling. Now, some of our teenagers uh, live in the other end of the spectrum where uh, making sure that they express every teeniest little feeling as part of it. So depending on which sure. energy you have, it's good. You'll, you'll know that. You'll know, but parenting. a lot of the teenagers, they're going to naturally minimize their loss. So I think giving lots of room for, hey, I, I know you seem to be doing really well, but I, I just want you to know I understand how hard this is to lose this dream. To Like articulate it in words with the word loss or lose or grief in there so that so that we're beginning to say what you have lost is a loss and therefore you feel certain things that are going to be sad and that's appropriate yeah so, and the first thing you have to do is to be is to acknowledge it before you can navigate it that's right, right that's right yeah. so denial yeah uh, make sure you watch for where minimization mi minimalization of loss takes place because it's a form of denial mm. now again you don't have to make every loss some giant thing. Sure. Like in reaction to this, like when I he hear my vacations canceled, I'm going to wail and weep. Like sure. It, you, you are totally appropriate saying, you know what? It's not that big a deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like there are times where you can say, but what, what I'm getting at is this. Pay attention to what's going on inside here. Because if you really are saying, you know, it's not a big deal. I, I don't feel a great loss of this. Maybe it's not a great loss to you. But don't do this. You're feeling things inside but you're expressing, eh, it's no big deal, because you know that a Christian shouldn't make a big deal out of something small, and that's not true, right? So then the second stage is anger, usually. You become very angry about what has been lost. Now again, depending on the magnitude of the loss will depend on how this anger expresses. It might just be frustration. You just, at a certain point, you know, you, you found out three days ago that there's uh, no school, uh, and you're a senior or even a junior, and and yeah, you're fine with it. And then three days later, you're sitting in your bed and you're super frustrated. I can't believe this is so dumb. Why? Why would they take this? Whether you're expressing those thoughts or whether they're just internally, just recognize that a natural part of loss is initial uh, uh, work to deny it. In other words, to deny what's going on. Then to become frustrated and angry at the loss. Right. If you feel that, guess what? 
Welcome to the natural grieving process. It's part of the, it's part of the totally program. It's totally part of the process. It's part yeah. of the program. It's what God did. Yeah. Again, you'll notice as we go through these that we typically, this is where Christianity becomes very dangerous in its misuse, is we use Christianity to try and um, unravel or undo what we feel is inappropriate in the grieving process. So we say, you're angry. You're angry about this. That's not appropriate. It's not an appropriate biblical response. You're not mm -hmm. supposed to be angry. God, God I, I, I'm not angry. I'm not angry. These are emotions. Yeah, which oddly are, enough, it's totally an appropriate biblical response because that's right. the Psalms, Lamentations, it's, oh it's laden with anger, anger. in the midst now, of it. Now, when in our anger we sin, meaning because I'm frustrated about my loss of a vacation right. or school. I, I curse treat, God. <laughs> yeah, or I treat my, my family for three days yeah. horribly and sure. I walk around like a jerk. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. Your expression of that right. is now actually a misuse of and a misappropriation of that anger. It's mm. not recognizing it. It's just letting it lash out. Right. If we recognize and say, I'm going to feel frustrated. We even say to our family members, because we're in close proximity, hey, guys, just so you all know, like gather your family up at some point in the next night or two and say, I want you all to know that we are all experiencing some loss. Mm. Uh, we have been experiencing some loss. And you guys may not know this, but out of loss comes grief. And grief starts with it's not a big deal. Then it goes to, I'm really frustrated. When you're really frustrated, you're going to behave in a frustrated way toward everybody else in this home, as am I. Yeah. Just want to say sorry now. Like, mm. what if we acknowledge that? Like, some of our frustration is just because we have feelings of anger or frustration toward loss that has nothing to do with my sibling or my parent or my child, but I'm expressing more frustration because of that. Acknowledge that. So it's important that. to acknowledge that the frustration that you feel is natural and normal and it's a part of grieving, but that there are ways to exert that frustration inappropriately. So That's giving right. yourself permission to be frustrated, but not giving yourself permission to treat people like garbage That's in the right. process of your frustration. And this is right? the right use of God's mm. directive biblically, is not to bury feelings but to recognize them and to acknowledge them and to deal with them appropriately and to give each other the freedom to live in them without needing to express them in sinful ways. Hmm. Okay, then uh, bargaining is usually the, the next one. Um, if, and now we, we do this with people, we do this with God, we do this, you know, if you'll just, then I promise you'll serve you the rest of my life. So. The bargaining, whether it's directly like that or internally, we start trying to figure out ways to like, well, I, if, if this, then that. It's a way that we try to fix our grief. Now, making plans like, well, our vacation got canceled. Let's see if we can bump it to August and rework it is not bargaining, right? Yeah. Bargaining is saying, I'm going to help myself get over grief by creating a scenario with whomever the powers are that be to try to fix the circumstance that's causing my grief, the loss, so that my grief will go away. Bargaining is a bad way to deal with grief, mm -hmm. right? Um, but it is a natural part of the process. So if, if you get stuck in the bargaining space and you don't recognize what you're doing, I'm trying to bargain my way out of this grief, then that becomes, again, the place where grief begins to bury you or you begin to bury grief. But if you recognize, I'm gonna in my head start trying to make ways to get around this, it's a normal part of grief. It, the good news is I've probably moved past denial now. I've moved past frustration, and I'm starting to try to fix things. Not a terrible thing. Just don't let the fixing of things be the means by which you enter out of grief because you can't really fix loss.
Lot, loss is loss. Yeah, that makes me think of a, uh, a quote that comes from C.S. Lewis's book, A Grief Observed. Yeah. And he talks about, he uses, I don't know if you've read this book or not, but he uses this analogy of a person who's lost a leg. And that at a certain point, you have to realize that that's always going to be your reality. Like you're always going to be a one-legged person, no matter what. But there's a process of getting through that. He says it this way. He says, uh, uh, getting over it too soon. Uh, He said, to say the patient is getting over it after an operation, uh, after he has had his leg off, is quite another thing. Um, After that operation, either the wounded stump heals or the man dies. If he heals, the fierce, continuous pain will stop. Presently, he'll get back his strength, and he'll be able to stump about on his wooden leg. He has gotten over it, but he will probably have recurrent pains in the stump all of his life, and pretty bad ones, and he'll always be a one-legged man. Uh, He says, perhaps I shall presently be given a wooden leg, but I shall never be a biped again. So what he's saying is, okay, when you lose something... There is a residual effect of that. Um, you can get past that. You yep. can move through it. You can work through it. And you can learn to live life in a new way based on the reality yep. of that. Yep. But you're never going to be what you were before this right. happened. And you never get to take the loss and make it not loss. The, right. Loss is loss. Right. And so even if we regain it on the other end, right. so the, the loss of connection with other humans, the relationships that many of you put on there, we, we will get those back. In fact, we may we may actually embrace them in a, in new, a new way, way. So which could be great. That will come. Right. But that doesn't make the fact that for a season we experienced loss from and them it was ever real. go away. Yes. It's not like when we get them back, we're like, good. Now the loss I experienced isn't loss anymore. Yeah. It was loss then, and it will always be and loss. And it will make a permanent mark it on our culture. Yep. It'll make a permanent mark on mosaic church or yep. our, the biblical community right. it'll make mark on our soul it'll make mark in our lives and yep. we just have to recognize that that is real you that's know? real yeah. and then finally uh, actually not finally there's two more that the next step is the one that probably makes the most sense right and again one we avoid as a culture west in, in the western mindset but but we really need to embrace this one it's called depression mm-hmm. so that is the highest level mm-hmm. um, of experience when the loss is extreme yeah but take depression and make it sadness right mm-hmm. uh, and and we're gonna be sad yeah like if you're never sad you have not progressed in the grieving process so this is not clinical depression this is right. not that it's, this is it's... just I become really sad yeah and that's a very good place to arrive because it means you have moved from denial uh, into some anger and frustration, past that into some bargaining, try to fix it. Right. Into I can't fix it, so I'm and just I'm acknowledging really that I'm bummed. Yeah. Like I'm bummed. Yeah. And and depending on the magnitude of the loss will depend on the magnitude of the sadness. Sure. So if the loss is not very significant, but your sadness becomes very significant, then there's some acknowledgement there that you have to go. Should I be this depressed, this sad about the loss of fill in the blank, something small? In the same way, the other way around, I haven't felt sad yet, but I, that's a great loss. And so we, we ought to say, you know, I'm not there yet. So I, I think it's important for us to recognize that being sad about something we've lost is appropriate. So I'm chuckling because um, my wife and I, we like uh, watching America's Funniest Videos. Um, and, and we do because we like watching things that are funny, funny. In, in general. No doubt. Uh, we don't 
love uh, Alfonso Ribeiro's uh, uh, silliness because it's it's just so bad. But anyway, um, this last week they had this girl who was coming. She had just finished up with a cruise. Yeah. And it's a mom. She's in the front seat videoing, and the girl's in the back seat. She's probably 14 years old. And she is crying and just lamenting and weeping because she's going to go back to her normal life. She's going to have to make her own breakfast and <laughs> fix uh, sandwiches that she doesn't really like to bring to lunch. You know, and all of us, she's not going to be waited on hand and foot. There's not going to be a buffet with pizza and ice cream. And, and she's, she's just, just weeping. She's just weeping. And so she's like, you know, obviously, and it's funny yeah. because we can look at that and say, okay, sure, everyone who leaves a cruise wishes they could take the food yes. with them right yes. Yes. um but you know when you react that way it's it's ridiculous so there's there is a level of appropriateness that feels natural right. to us and so we what, uh, again what respond. we need to do is we need to measure this is part of how you journey through grief if there's been loss we need to measure a space where we say it is inappropriate to pretend that i'm not sad to try to be more spiritual it's inappropriate to let sadness bury me because of something that isn't really worth being buried over, right? Mm -hmm. So there's that same thing. Burying the grief is to say, I shouldn't be sad about this. Being buried by the grief is the loss of this vacation. I don't know how I'm ever gonna get over this. Right Now, when it's the loss of a loved one, Sure. Then that amplifies the level and there's a different appropriate nature. And, and even that, there's a recognition that, that yes, this is devastating. And yet God is inviting us to, to walk through to that. a journey. But that yeah. journey, the length of that journey. So uh, much that, longer. Everything yeah. changes by the amplification. Sure. But the key is this. You're going to be sad. Yeah. You're going to be sad. You should be sad. There was loss. So if there's loss, there is an appropriate space for sadness. Yeah. So here's what we do. We walk through denial so that we don't become people that bury loss and grief and pretend it's not there because that never works. Then we move from there into frustration or anger and we make sure that our frustration and anger is free to be expressed in ways that are healthy and we pay attention to not expressing them in ways that are unhealthy, right? right? So that we don't, again, don't bury it because then it'll come out in unhealthy ways or, or don't be buried by it. Just become a jerk because you get to because you're mad. Then we walk into bargaining, try to fix it, good luck, it's the loss. Yeah. And as soon as we come out of that, we can finally say, I'm sad. Then we measure again, biblically, um, how sad would be appropriate to be sad. And if, if I start feeling buried in that sadness, then I need to engage with some biblical community help. And if I feel like I'm ignoring that sadness, I need to acknowledge, you know what, it's okay to be a bit sad about that or give others around me the freedom. And I, and I think sometimes, you know, God uses that step of grief to reveal to us where we put our trust. Yeah, totally. And when our level of sadness is um, is way above the level that is appropriate, that gap usually reveals to us that there's some level that, of that an idol there. That we lost had some level of idol for right. us. Or if we we under uh, grieve, right, we we diminish it, we yeah. over diminish it then there's a gap there, that there's something well, we're here. we're saying, I'm strong enough totally. to do this, and I don't need God. That's right. right. So, so either way, it is, it is part of the grief journey, and the loss journey is just to say there's been some loss. I'm going to be okay with sadness, and I'm going to measure it based on the loss. And then here's what happens. This is beautiful. The fifth stage of grieving, which is the way God designed it, is acceptance. Now, this is very important. 
acceptance is different than change of circumstance or fixing something. It is accepting something as it is. And, and, and I, I love the way they, they put it. They, they say this, I am at peace with what happened. So I have walked through. So we want to start with acceptance. I, I lost my prom. You know what? God is sovereign. I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. Great. Launch to acceptance. Now, again, for some of us, some of the things we've lost are not lost to us. They, mm -hmm. they really weren't a big deal. Mm -hmm. Like, they are legitimately some students that are like, I really couldn't have cared less when I went to prom. In the first place. Great. Yeah. Then it's not loss. Then you're at peace with then it. Then we yeah. we, we're not going through stages. There's no grief no. involved. Right, you didn't right. lose anything. Right. This is specific to loss. Now, so, so just on a little side note, don't express your loss or project your loss onto other people. Because mm. something was a loss to you, it has to be a loss to them. And now you're frustrated that they're not feeling as sad as you think they should feel. That's like, really good. So Donna, Donna says, we're hearing that from people. Well, at least you're still adopting, but it is a major loss. We are, and, and we were feeling horribly guilty for feeling that. Yeah. And then uh, Marie says, you know, this is such good stuff during chaotic times. Uh, chaotic times reminds me that uh, we are all in it, but we can all feel and experience it differently. Differently. And here's yeah. why we feel and experience it differently. Because things that are a loss to me may not be a loss to you. Right. And things that are a loss to you may not be a loss to me. So here's what we tend to do in our relational dynamics. When something that you're expressing is loss, I don't think is loss, I try to make you understand that it's not loss. Totally. Instead of understanding that it's loss to you. Let me say that again. Yeah, I that's try really to good. help you understand it's not loss instead of understanding that it's lost to, to you. you yeah. So the adoption that's one is good. a perfect example. Mm -hmm. You didn't lose the adoption. That's what they're trying to say. Well, at least you got to adopt. And, and but that's... then you get to say, I'm not grieving the loss of the adoption. I'm grieving the loss of the celebration of the adoption in the way that we had dreamed of celebrating it. Right. And it's still loss. And you telling me that it's not loss doesn't help me feel like it's any less loss. Right. Now, so again... In our relational dynamics, the key here is to say, my goal is to understand what is lost to you and then to walk with you through the grieving process depending on the magnitude of that loss. Yeah. If you are overly fill in one of the, the four which, stages. Which goes back to the episode, coronavirus and the power of love. That's right. That then, we walk through Then I get to walk with you through helping you understand, I hear you that it's loss. It is loss, but it's not as giant as you. And here's, here's why. If on the other hand, I just simply try to minimize your loss by, by trying to help you understand how it's not loss. I'm not helping mm. you. So we do it to ourselves. We do it to others. The key here is to understand that we are all experiencing loss in some category. Mm. And our journey should be as followers of Jesus and therefore people that love one another, because that's what he called us to, is right. to say, what I want to understand is what part of this crazy ride we're on are you experiencing as loss? Yeah. And what part am I experiencing at loss as loss? Then let's encourage one another in the grief journey of mm. that. Yeah, that's really key. Instead of me trying to help you understand what is not loss and what is based on my own experience of that. I think a lot of times, rather than understanding what people feel and then encouraging them in their grief journey, we hear what people are articulating and we try to help them be at peace with it in the moment automatically. Yeah, so to yeah. skip to the end of the grief yeah. journey. So it's like, I hear you and here's why you should not be grieving. That's right. Um, where instead it's an opportunity for us to grieve with one another. And that's what, you know, 
blessed are those who mourn, right? Yeah. Um, that's what Jesus yeah. means, I think, in that. And and I also think that like uh, carrying one another's burdens and yeah. and and celebrate with those who are celebrating and and weep mourn with weep with those who weep. Those yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So and and here's the other thing that's interesting in the dynamics in which we live. Uh, we may experience literally in our home opposed experiences to the same circumstance. So I'll give you an example. Um, my kids are all home, all eight of them, right? So I am in some regularity right now experiencing this kind of surge of like wonder that I knew like we would never have this again because three of my kids are off to college and then they're going to go live their lives for the most part. Um, whether they're in and out of the home, the point is it's never going to be us all together, the amount of time and energy I'm getting to experience with some of my older kids that I would never have had again, like I'm just relishing that right now. I'm like, sure. oh my gosh. Then, then there's my wife, right? It's not that she's not relishing that. She is. But her loss is my home is not my workplace where I get all my stuff done. Right. I kind of buzz out. I'm recording here doing stuff. Right. That is her environment where she gets a lot of other things done. She has to manage our home and all of the realities of that. And with all of the children home all day, it is very disruptive to that. So she's grieving the loss of some of that space, mm -hmm. the efficiency that she usually has. She's also generally an introvert. She expresses extrovert, but she's introvert internally. So things like some solitude, some quiet, she's lost all of that. So she's grieving the loss of things that have nothing to do with the kids themselves. Mm -hmm. It's got to do with humans all around. Mm -hmm. So what I then typically try to do is explain why having the kids around is not a loss. Right. Because what I'm experiencing is you think having the kids around is a loss. But that's Whereas not. Brooke's like, no, right. having the kids around is not a loss. I've lost some things because the kids are around all right. the time. Right. And I can grieve those things so we, we also have to help each other realize what we're grieving. Because sometimes we articulate, I'm, I'm just, I, this is so hard for me. When Like, why is that hard for you? Well, because that's impacting this and that's the loss. Mm. So even for ourselves to be able to say, where is my loss? So that I can articulate that loss in a way that doesn't make other people feel like they are my problem. Yeah, you know? that's really good. Um, and so... Uh, I, I think the, the beauty of all of this is simply this. We are all experiencing loss right now mm -hmm. at a higher level than is typical. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. And we're all experiencing loss simultaneously. Yeah. We're just experiencing different forms of loss. So instead of trying to express to everyone why your loss is loss or why their loss is not. Right. Try to understand where each of us are experiencing loss and then engage in a freedom to say to that person, that must be really sad, mm. or you must really be frustrated about that, or I bet you wish you could fix that. Articulate into these spaces of the five stages. What are the five stages? Denial first, it's not a big deal. Then uh, frustration, anger. Then fix it, some version of bargaining. Then sadness, uh, I'm bummed. And then, okay, you know what? It wasn't okay that it happened, but it's okay now. And so I can trust God in this and trust him to do other things that I'm not going to, that I didn't expect that will be good things because of this, to redeem this. Because we do have a redemptive God. Mm -hmm. So here's what we do know, you know, Revelation 21. He will make all things new. He will redeem all things. He is working all things out for our good. These are true things. Mm -hmm. So 
what we don't have to do is jump there the second we have loss. Yeah. Well, he's making all the... And just slap Romans 8.28 on Work our yeah. way through, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. experience the emotions, handle them in a biblical manner, express them and talk them out. And when we land at acceptance, we get to accept this way. Even though I feel sad and have felt frustrated and want to fix this and sometimes just want to bury this, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say, it's okay that this is true. It's okay that I've lost this. It's okay that I feel bad about losing that. But it's also true that God is sovereign and God is redeemer. And so he's going to make what is not okay, okay sometime. And I'm going to trust him for that into the future. Then we've really realized the full cycle of grief. Now, if it's something fairly small, the loss of a vacation, for example, that grief process could be in a day. Mm-hmm. Like it could be the journey of a day or a week or a month. If it's something big like a job loss or having to uh, sell your house because you're trying to do that or a loved one is lost, then that could be months of going through these stages, mm-hmm. uh, a month or two at a time, a uh, six month or six month, two at a time. Mm-hmm. It just kind of depends on the magnitude of the loss. But every loss will affect some version of this journey. So let's acknowledge that. Let's be okay with that. Yeah, and just imagine as we do, yeah, yeah, and as we do serve one another in that, how people will begin to experience us on the back end of this journey, right? That we're all, you know, experiencing together. That when I am able to walk through this loss, grieve through this loss, and then articulate that to others in a way that is still hopeful, knowing who our God is in the midst of it. And when I'm able to process through other people's loss and other people's grief and not try to skip them right right to, to the final stage, but to listen and to yep. understand and to yep. care for them. Imagine how that will change the way that we interact w- when we can finally interact with one another again in person. But even our online Facebook, That's Instagram right. interactions right. and our, our close interactions with our loved ones, how much could that change? And what an impact that could make. So I'm glad and we've been able to have this conversation, right? Are, are, are going to be deep hugs. Like, right. Thank yeah. you for walking with me yeah. during time of loss. So all of you, all of you have experienced loss of late, as have I. All of our loss is going to be a bit different. Let's acknowledge that grief is the natural process of that, we've, that we experience after loss. Mm-hmm. That grief has emotions attached to it. And that those emotions are typically going to be denial, then frustration, anger, then some bargaining, fixing, then some sadness, depression, and then an acceptance and peace. That is going to be the process, whether one day, one month, one year, or a lifetime. Mm. But that we acknowledge that with one another, give each other space for that, and we pay attention to how we express that in a manner worthy of the gospel. Mm. And then we can really journey well together through what is a lot of loss Mm. for all of us. So great great to be with you guys today. Hope this was helpful. And uh, we will see you guys, I think, next week. We'll see how, as always, the circumstances play out and change as we go. Yeah, thanks for now. Appreciate you guys.